Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. And today I've got your high and John with me. Say hello. Oh, hello. I just I was holding I was waiting on that. Oh, nice. We have music in the show now. This is they're stepping up the production quality. It's great. You know what? You know what? Let me tell you something. I have like four of these tin whistles. This is my favorite one. This is just for you. Nice. It's excellent. I love it. And I we appreciate have to, that. We have to cut that out and add it to the uh, intro. No, it's the, Hobbit, it's, intro. it's the Hobbit theme. I don't think you want to do that. Um, we, I want, before we get started, before we get started, I want to I want to do a quick shout out. Mike T, Todd, Rabbi, Omer, and John. I want to thank you for your continued support on our Patreon. Anybody else, any support you can give us, patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards. Uh, it goes it goes to help us a great deal. And thank you very much for uh, for choosing to support us and keep us keep us going. Now we got something slightly different today. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, before we do this, you said someone's name was Omer. Omer. O-M-E-R. Am I pronouncing it wrong? Uh, no, no. I, I'm just curious. It's, it's actually his name. I'm, 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 he's the fella I was just talking to just a second ago when I was asking about the time difference. Oh, so get him on the show. Yoel. I, I know who you're talking about. OK, yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Okay. N- ignore that. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. I just can't, you know. We, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So um, this is uh, an episode, I guess, about world building, uh, collaborative style. And um, it came, this came out of a conversation we were having about different approaches to collaborative world building and stuff that um, I'm into, I guess. And uh, before I got into more OSR stuff, I, I did a lot of um, story game style play, especially around Dungeon World and other PBTA games, powered by the Apocalypse games. Uh, I have a post on my blog, newschoolrevolution.com, uh, called Build Your World. You can find it there pretty easily, and I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. But what I did was steal from a bunch of really good designers again and um, distilled their world building approaches into a kind of single framework for collaboratively building a world with your players. And I can talk more about the kind of philosophy behind that, but uh, there are some pretty awesome benefits in my opinion. And I have done this, as I was saying earlier, before we start recording, uh, over 200 times I have done this uh, exact method. Well, it wasn't always this way. I had to tweak it a bunch, but um, essentially if you took Microscope and The Quiet Year, which are both two very well-known story games, um, and also The Perilous Wilds, which is an excellent supplement for Dungeon World. If you took those and you mashed them all together, you'd get kind of what I wrote here. I wrote this game called One Shot World, that is kind of a hack of Dungeon World for one shots. And this uh, method was super important to making that work because um, since Dungeon World doesn't have a lot of modules written for it and doesn't really deal well with modules, I know it's controversial, but I don't think it's very good at dealing with pre-written adventures. Um, you are left to kind of improvise a whole uh, adventure as you play. And there's some pretty good guidance on this in the Dungeon World book and in some of the um, third-party resources, uh, particularly 
Perilous Wilds, which has you build a map collaboratively with your players. And then you give the players a little bit of ownership over various parts of the map. Like, oh, you're the ranger character. So you probably know the general outline of the map. So you'll draw that. And, oh, your character is a paladin. You probably know where all the religious runes and stuff stuff are and stuff like that. So it's kind of a cool approach. And um, you start with a single piece of paper. I don't do that. I use index cards because index cards let you swap around things as the map changes you like let's say you have an index card with a drawing of a forest and an index card with a drawing of a castle and they're next to each other you can then in the middle of a game draw something on an index card to put between them and you can just kind of move them aside um i have the players draw this and i actually have a stack of them around here but um I made a Google Photos album once of all the random ass maps that we've made um, using either hex cards or index cards. So I want to ask about that. The hex cards, where, yeah. where are those coming from? You cut those out by hand or can I get some hex cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so here's, no, this is, it's a great question. I do have a website bookmarked for it. Um, it's It's got some generic name like um, printcardsonline.com or whatever. I'll, I'll send it to you. But what's messed up is they were really cheap when I bought them and they are now super expensive. Oh. But, I, but I can actually tell you, you know what? I'll, I'll actually tell you because I, I have a couple of people have asked me in the past and it's really annoying because they were so cheap when I bought them. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I don't have that many here. So I'm going to find some makeplayingcards.com. So I bought them for $6. I got 54 of them the first time. That's what this nice. invoice says. This was in 2017. And now if you go back there and try to find them again, they're just not there. But um, makeplayingcards.com is where I got these uh, hex hex cards. Anywho, and you can see pictures of, of some of these, I think, on the... Uh, oh, you yeah, yeah. Actually, it was on the, on the blog on the, on the, post. On I saw the blog post, yeah. They're, uh, they're pretty amazing. I actually like the square ones better. Um, they just give you more room to work with and they're not, they're not as slippery. But I am a terrible artist. And although I did draw some of these, 99% of what you see were drawn by players. And I have them do it before we start playing. I'm like, think of a scene like a forest or an ocean or a castle or a cave. And just just draw it and put it in a stack. And then I would just pull from the stack. And that's how I'd build the map. That's actually not how this system works. This does make use of those. But since we're talking virtually and we're not sitting across from each other at a table and we don't have pens and papers and stuff. Um, we're going to do this a little differently, um, but the core essence of this approach will remain the same. Uh, namely that I will ask you guys questions. You will give me answers. I'm I, because there's only three of us. I'll pitch in some of my own kind of suggestions about stuff. Normally I don't do that. Um, and the other thing that's different is that since this is going to be systemless, we're not going to like create characters or something, which it, there's an argument for or against doing that. Um, if you have people create characters, they might shape it around what they think their character could handle. And that to me is a violation of um, the kind of gameplay I like. Like I don't like when players design their own obstacles. I find it to be boring. <laughs> um, on the flip side, it does give you advantage in one respect where you can basically be like, oh, since you're the youngest character who is you know, an outsider because they're a barbarian class, let's say that um, you name the weirdest thing about this play. You know, there, there's more to work with. And in fact, I wrote up a document called Starter Questions for Dungeon World ages ago. That is all that. It's just like questions you can ask of people based on their character classes. Like, you're the druid. Like, what's the worst thing about civilization, et cetera. <laughs> We're not going to do any of that, but you could, you could. So um, 
yeah any questions yeah i i'd like to see that that document sure, and, sure, like sure. just after this if you could send me sure. that i want you because here's what here's what i'm one of the things i'm excited about this for is because we're in the middle of a move when we move we're starting a new campaign out the new house and what i want to do is get the game group together to build the world we're starting out in right. and and how right. we they i want to have that foundation so they're invested in who their character is that interacts in this world as we go forward right and history of the world and everything else so that's why i'm wanting to do this i'm excited well, it, for this. so you can find some of those in the uh, in one shot world which is on my itch page and is also free but i'll also just send you a link to the starter questions like the raw document here the i mean the idea is like you take advantage of a game that happens to have classes or has races and whatever and you can sort of work with um that framework to create an interesting unique world um i will say with non quote-unquote story games with like more traditional osr games um i do put a hard stop on when the players can add to the world i i, I don't so normally what I would do is be like, okay, we're going to do this collaboratively. And then when it starts, I am the arbiter. I am the decider as a GM. You guys cannot, you know, add to the world after that. That said, with some groups, I actually am cool with them doing it, but I have to start the question. I have to ask it. Um, and I think that's really important because I don't know that every person is capable of not trying to sh shape the world around their character, which is not what I want from an OSR game. I, it's that's what you want from a story game for sure. And that's fantastic. And you can make that really satisfying. Um, but if death is on the table and character loss is on the table, I, I, I think it there's something to be desired to um, firm, consistent arbitration of who gets to cross the line and who doesn't. Yeah. So anyways, I think that collaborative world building can be totally acceptable and fun in an OSR play style. And I don't see why people don't do it more. And I have heard some people do, but there are others who are just like, no, 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 this is not a thing that I'm ever going to do. And I think that's sad because it's way more dynamic, the world you can build when you're stealing from your players' minds. Also, I'm lazy. I want people to, you know, help me. Well, here's the thing that I'm looking for is I've, I've ran plenty of, of campaigns, either other people's settings or my settings. I want people to be invested in this world and the things mm -hmm. going on mm -hmm. around this world. So if they create like, I don't know, a religion that their cleric can be a part of and they know how it interacts and they know who the enemies are or whatever, or the conflicts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They help build it. A hundred percent. I want them to be invested in that well, part of the world because it doesn't matter does it. to me which, yeah. which deity it is that fights right. with deity at the end of the well, day. I one time I had a game in which we, you know, we made it up and the world they envisioned was divided into a kind of like Vatican style society where the church was the only, the only acceptable magic was that practiced and ordained by the church. Any magic that was outside of that was considered demonic in nature. And as a result, we had one character who was a cleric from this church and another character who was basically a heretic who had discovered magic accidentally and they were in the same party together and it made for like a really interesting um gameplay result because there was this tension between them around like legitimate uses of magic or not and of course in the end it turned out that the church was evil because you know <laughs> low hanging um but so so were like you know demons and stuff so i was it was a and that, that was an awesome awesome one shot sort of adventure and and when i when i would meet with people i, I had this like 
my work had um, on Saturdays, we were closed and we had a store. So we had this incredible like eight foot in diameter. uh, I think that's the right word, diameter, circumference, whatever table. It was a round table. And I would have on a Saturday, like again, between like three and six people come and they were all people I never had met before. And I did this every single Saturday (laughs) and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but man, I had some incredible you know, three to four hour sessions that are just done. They're, they were a one-time experience of a completely unique world that we created ourselves. It does require like 45 minutes of, you know, world building before you can actually start playing. But then once you do, everyone's already invested in, into it. And then the result is, uh, you know, three hour session that's un- unforgettable even with a system like Dungeon World. <laughs> we're going to be we're going to be at 15 minutes here in a all right, minute. So let's right, get let's right. do some let's, let's do, let's do let's some do world it. building. All right, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Um yeah, so we're going to skip the whole virtual map thing. I think that's okay. But what I would normally do is take people through the process of outlining the map and getting like asking each person to draw like a road and whatever. So we're going to skip some of that and we'll go down to the section in the on the blog post called the veil of ignorance. This is very portentous, pretentious, portentous. One of those, it's a very stupid name, but I thought it was easy to remember. Do uh, we, essentially. Do sorry. We both, should, should we both have the blog post open? And be uh, following no, no, it? no, no, okay, no, no. Ignore check. it. Ignore it. Um, All right. But, <laughs> but I'm just going to say where we're starting from. All right. So what I do here is I ask each player to name a single truth about the world. And the rules are that it has to be specific. Like it can't be, uh, it's a fantasy world. It has to be like the world is made up of 99% water. You know, mm-hmm. um, it also can't conflict with something someone else has said. And if it does, there can be a discussion, but it shouldn't. Um, and I'm allowed to manipulate it in any way that I want. That's those are the rules. So um, I, yeah, well, I mean, why don't we start with John? Because that's random. Um, I'm going to ask you to name a single truth about the world that we're going to play in. Okay, how about um, the world is is uh, small, but there is a representation of all the, I guess, earthly biomes that we 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 have. Uh, there's tundra, temperate forest, boreal forest. Great, you know, they're all spread out, giving plenty of room for different cultures to uh, pop up. Okay, so when you say small, smaller than Earth. Uh, all one continent, all traversable within, let's say, one side or the other a month. So, so that would mean that most, let's say, kingdoms butt up against each other. Or that's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's hold on to that. I have some thoughts about that, but let's hold on. All right, Logart, up to you. Okay. They say at one point in time that elves and fae once walked the earth. So you're saying that. They don't anymore, at least as far as most people are concerned. Well, they say they used to. They said they used to. <laughs> so Im- implying that most people don't believe that, that they currently do. Yeah. So okay, okay, okay. else is that a real thing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so going back to John's idea of the world being small, is there like one single mega government or are there a bunch of small kingdoms? Like how do they handle the fact that it's small? Uh, there are a bunch of kingdoms and wait, 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 real quick before you, 
does each kingdom have their own biome? Like there's the desert kingdom because there's one biome for that. Or are there multiple biomes? I forgot to ask. Are there multiple? Uh, generally, they they divide up by, by biome, but it's not, um, you know, some will have two different biomes or three or whatever. But generally, that is one way that they politically separate. Okay. And how else can they distinguish between the kingdoms? Like what what is the arbitrary boundaries? Of Mountain ranges, rivers, um, the uh, you know just i guess gulfs and inner you know seas things like that geographical boundaries so not that not dissimilar to our world okay yeah absolutely okay yeah. okay and then all right i'm gonna let logar go one more time give i want you to do another truth another truth i i kind of want to go with with there was that 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 deity thing that i had written recently about how the gods the gods come to be the in the in the more rural regions, there are petty gods. The petty god would not become a, a major deity until usually it hits a major like urban setting where it gains more followers. That gods become become powerful as their worship. They come into being as their worship. They so are they reified. are real. They are real. Just but they are reified by the they're worship. They're fueled the by the worshippers. So, for instance, like. This is like American gods a little bit. Like the if there's yes. only one worshiper left, they basically have no power. Yeah, they're um, just they're just the guy in the corner who has okay, so I guess, smoking. <laughs> so the follow-up then is do gods have a earthly presence that people believe in by default? Like is there, you mean an earthly presence, like a physical manifestation? The people all just know gods walk the earth, the kind of like the Greeks, like the people um I would say no. I, I would like to have that, you know, there would be regions that don't believe in gods that where they're not being reified okay. by those folks or worship they all oh, gods are bullshit okay <laughs> areas okay. that could be interesting okay well, i'm gonna do one more what, one more truth with john oh dear um i was gonna do the church thing uh let's see <laughs> there's this this church is if you have gods okay yeah there is a church not dissimilar to like the catholic church that is pushing back against all these petty gods and all the um i guess more um the class. relevant irrelevant yeah, the, the, the pets, and and are, are these well pantheons so, of, so just so i understand are there like lar are, how many major deities can there be if there's enough like otherwise there'd be a uh, multiple churches brushing up against each other or maybe there are well, I guess the deity, according to what I had proposed, would be as major as the amount of worshipers. Okay. So it would depend okay. on the so given a church is social just like situation. A, it's <laughs> just a framework for the major god. So there might be a major urban center with multiple churches, and they all together want to. Well, they probably are each vying for domination, but yeah. part of that is wiping out the smaller petty gods. Wiping right. out, wiping out those 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 rural people and their, yeah, the worship their tiny okay. little gods, folk, <laughs> the, the folk religions. Yeah. Okay, so what what technological age would you say this is? Like, if I had to throw a few out there, like, would this be a, a more um, medieval, or is it uh, maybe like you know industrial? Is there some kind of steampunk situation? What's the? Are there guns? Are there toilets? Is there a constant magic? What's the definer? Uh, I'm going to say 1065. End of the, oh know, wow! Oh wow! Early, the French early, invading uh... early early medieval. Okay, so okay. like like uh, like Celts and stuff are still kind of running around type re era and like are there druids? 
Yeah. Oh, yes. I guess maybe I would want to go early. Yes. I definitely would want druids. <laughs> I yeah, guess... let's go early. Let's well, go. There still were druids. They just weren't, you know, the main deal anymore in Ireland They're, and France. Yeah, kind of like to the to the fringe of size where the fringe right. of society. No, that's okay. Petty that's... gods are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes total sense. So you have this kind of. So I'm almost imagining a like medieval version of warhammer which is just the roman empire but Man, so like, i have no idea of any warhammer lore i need to read a book oh, it's out there <laughs> I, I mean i only know i've only know i only know enough to liken it to you know the roman catholic church but in space and fantasy but um all right so what about like legal systems would you say people here have uh, some kind of police in the urban areas is there a sheriff style system is it closer to um robin hood and uh, <laughs> uh what's the sheriff called um nottingham yeah is it like yeah. is it more like that or is it more like you know um uh i'd uh, and more poof what how do, you, how do you pronounce it the uh the terry pratchett uh night watch style i i i kind of impartial to I, i'm assuming that legal systems would vary from city to city and place sure. to place sure. and a lot of times like an actual police force didn't exist right like people that did that kind of stuff might be town guards and stuff like that that protected part of the military right that whoever patrolled internally like right they're like pr- there's like private guards you might have yeah. but there's no like what about Major john you look like you're gonna police. say something i'm gonna say Maybe another truth. There's one major city that's very central to all these, to this continent. And that that kind of would be our city, city setting. Everything else is going to be smaller, you know, even other kingdoms and everything. This one kind of maybe like a Constantinople type meeting of cultures you know in the center okay okay i mean it sounds like bastion from into the odd but yeah sure yeah you you, you know you can't go back to constantinople it's istanbul ah <laughs> not, don't don't song. i just don't need now it's gonna be my head all day um uh, I, istanbul it, no this it's uh that's actually great because it's the kind of dividing point between asia and europe so you've got this interesting mix of um cultures and religions so okay so there's one major major urban area with probably a bunch of different churches with lots of history and more tolerant uh, more multicultural yeah 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 okay i like that so it's an early medieval rural areas are kind of like you know the druidic peoples the major major constantinople or in istanbul like city is um the center the like beating heart of this let's call it empire um that kind of implies a government that's semi well you said that there are multiple kingdoms but this world in particular must take place in one kingdom yeah this has like so this this kingdom is kind of like the the big metropolis center of of this civilized world i'm assuming okay maybe is that what you're saying john yeah geographically it's in the center uh and also just culturally it's a it's a melting pot and then kind of like any the, direction you walk away the further you get away from it the more back in time and yeah to the so like guide. like deep country and into the odd i love this okay i like so, the idea of it having a weimar republic type thing where things are like arts and cultures are kind of booming and there's lots of like you know what i'm saying so so there's almost a kind of like like a there's a a romantic period or there's yes. a, a renaissance period that's starting that um maybe 
might have free thinkers or radical ideas or oh, oh there could be um groups that are completely against the gods not like atheists but like actively against gods want to slay gods maybe um an adventuring party might even be a group of these people who yes, are god slayers the reason they're looking to um adventure in the first place is to uncover artifacts that have the ability to kill gods you know to bring them down um so that's that's right, i'm writing this down this is, this I, is i've already <laughs> I, i've been i've been doing it i've been doing it um so all right so how about um recent upheavals like in the last 50 to 100 years what, what what's it what is a cataclysmic event that has occurred and if you don't have one i have one but see what you guys say a cataclysmic so are we talking about a nat- oh, so I could, we could be talking about an, a socio-political. It could event be. It could be anything. You in, you know what you inter- when the merchant class rose in Europe, that was cataclysmic for the, you know, um, kingdoms at the time. Yeah. The- so I yeah I so here's 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 what I what I think would be interesting would be um, from a play standpoint is a, is a horrible catastrophic thing is that you have a. What's the word I'm looking for? A rise of some sort of totalitarian, fascistic regime that's been okay. coming about through different areas. Religious, yeah, a re- definitely attached to the religious. So the what, what kind of god would be um, the most fascistic in your mind? Oh, the first one that comes to my mind is one that I've already used and written and stuff. You can spread. You can spread off that, but. That if we want to go with that, we can't. Otherwise, you got one, John. Yeah, it sounds like John wanted to say something too. I mean, I was just going to go with uh, uh, a version of our the the All Father, something very uh, uh, Norse or something. Well, not even Nor, not even Norse, but I, I'm making it making it a dude, so it's all <clears throat> misogyny, you know. Okay. It's all so like Italian, <laughs> great though. Like I had. Or- I had done the the Church of the Holy Mother for a lot of stuff I had done, which is very much in a lot of ways was styled off of the Catholic Church. And it was like you got the whole like Holy Mother Mary type figure at the top of it. But it's very patriarchal at the same time. Very kind of strange is one that I had mm-hmm. played with and toyed with. If we want to go that route. We yeah, can. that's fine. That, that's uh, yeah, I'm OK with it, too. But let me make some let me okay. make some little, little changes here. Oh, yeah. Uh, so before I forget, I'm assuming that this city has to be around some natural resource, whether it's multiple rivers, whether it's yes. it could be the Bosporus, whatever. But it's it's around some major body of water. There's a reason it's there. So there is one massive river that cuts the continent almost in half. That's perfect because you earlier John was talking about how kingdoms tend to be divided that way. So w- what I was going to suggest is that the cataclysm was the. Um, at one point, there were two kingdoms divided by this river, but something united the two kingdoms. It could be this fascistic, um, all-dominant, our holy mother, whatever, uh, church that has basically taken over both sides of the river and has now pissed off people in both like the rural edges of each kingdom. And although they have little to do with each other, they're, they're each being oppressed by the same central authority. Um, and I, 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 although this Holy Mother Church or whatever has been in charge for some time, um, radical underbellies are starting to propagate and this renaissance that, that Logar was mentioning earlier about um, how it's, it's entering a kind of renaissance period, there is a um, natural response to that. So I'm thinking of the um, 
the church bringing out their own anti-Renaissance style thinkers, much like the Jesuits initially were. Yes, yes, I like this. Built to be against the rest. So you have these two, you know, this major, major church, which is the dominant church. And yeah, there are other gods that are allowed, but um, maybe it's like Hinduism where they're just kind of like, yeah, we have that too. You know, they, the, the church just is more concerned with governance and control um, than it is really with actual believers, even though they do need believers in order to have uh, uh, true power. So you have this really monolithic structure. And then just outside of that, or maybe springing forth from it, are these kind of radicals who not only want to overthrow the church, they want to kill all gods, you know, all gods, <laughs> no gods, no master style. Yeah. <laughs> so starting with that, what, how is news passed around? How do people deliver information to oh, one another? Oh, uh, uh, messenger parrots. Parrots. Okay. <laughs> parrots. All right. So that's one way. What about when you need to get like news to the rural countryside from the major capital? Like, and that, John, you should answer this one. How do you, how, how is that delivered? Like they're brought, they're not going to say, they're just going to eat a parrot if they catch it in the <laughs> rural countryside. So how do they deliver news there? How do people get news, even if it's just orders for taxes? Yeah, um, hmm. I'm thinking because this is like geographically central, there's like spokes of a wheel, the, the mm-hmm. roads go out um, and they just deliver it by, they have a system of uh, couriers that, okay, the royal couriers that. Uh, okay. And are they untouchables? Like if you mess with a courier, are you just like. Maybe they're even like their sentence? own. Like the Pony Express? Yeah, kind of. But maybe they're like their own organization that's very. Um, they have their own rules. They they don't. Are they like a trades union? They're yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe like. I like that. I'm trying to think of a real world example, but. The Pony Express. Every everybody, <laughs> all the cultures kind of respect them right, right. and and protect them in a way like they would diplomats. Um, but so there's there. It's a serious position, probably hard to get a job there, but also like respected. This is, this is a horrible example because I'm thinking that these 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 are more good. This is a more good group. Uh, they have a their mission is to deliver news and everything. But the 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 setup would be kind of like the Templars who mm-hmm. were totally yeah, yeah. shitty. You, were, you know what you made me think of was um, Dogs in the Vineyard, uh, the Vincent Baker game about Mormon paladins. It's a wild oh, guess. Yeah. Oh my! You got well. It's no longer sold, but look up Dogs in the Vineyard. Yeah, you okay, could have gonna... you could have a couple little or, or bigger competing messenger organizations just like a thing where you go out and you bring the message the messages to people but you have to be able to fight and be tough because of the dangers of the road and then you can have one that's kind of like the cnn or the democracy now <laughs> like fox news so like there's fox different news. Wait, so there's just so fake, i understand they, they here with each other. there are warring courier groups so there's fake news in this world is that what you're saying <laughs> um, um, I, I almost dropped an f-bomb but f yeah okay <laughs> I, i'm gonna simplify it i'm gonna simplify it and say that there is for a long time prior to the cataclysm or whatever you want to call it prior to the, the rise of this church, there was um, there, this courier group goes back way before, you know, way, way before. And now perhaps the, the, the focal point of conflict is that the church has introduced their own news organization and it is in direct competition with these couriers who don't like it. They don't like it. And not just because it's competition, but because 
they don't believe that this church is, you know, uh, operating under the principles in which the Courier Guild was founded. Um, yeah, the Courier Guild has been is used to this because they, pa- the powers that be have been trying to manipulate them for centuries to deliver the news that they want, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they like- want delivered. So this is the latest threat. So the Courier Guild has lost some of their standing. Meanwhile, the church is doing everything they can to maintain control. So what are they trying to hide? That's the bigger well, question here. Go ahead. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one thing out there. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. they are trying to spread the church's propaganda. And <laughs> okay, we, we're out of time. We're at oh, 30. Like, we're going to have to, everybody, we're, it's over. No, tomorrow we're going to have a continuation of this on the next episode of Wildlies and Wizards. So stay tuned and we'll find out. <laughs> next time on question. next yeah. time on wobblies and wizards same bat yeah. time same bat channel if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today please give us a positive review you can find us on facebook just search wobblies and wizards wobblies and wizards.com is our blog i'm on twitter at logar hail crom and patreon we could use the support go on there while patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards and keep those dice rolling